Corner. Today's topic is back to basics, and we're going to be coming from the book of Deuteronomy. We're kind of going to do some studying, so we'll be going through several scriptures. So please make sure that you have your Bibles, grab your swords, grab your iPads, your phones, whatever you're utilizing, uh, so that you can follow. But again, we're going to start with Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. So again, welcome. Eve's Corner is a show of encouragement, enlightenment, and empowerment. I am Prophetess Amina Campbell-Jackson, and I'm very grateful that you've joined us on today. Before we begin to expound on the Word of God, let us go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, God, for our many blessings. We thank you, God, for watching over us and for keeping us. God, we pray right now that you will be in our midst. We pray, God, for those who are connected to this ministry who may be sick or afflicted right now. God, somebody's listening who may have pains going all throughout their body. Somebody's listening today, God, who is discouraged and has their head bowed down. Somebody's listening, God, who has financial troubles and they don't know which way to turn. Somebody may be confused, God, but we pray right now in the name of Jesus, according to your word, by faith, they are healed in Jesus' name. Every void is filled in Jesus' name. They have been refreshed and touched on today in Jesus' name. Bow down heads are lifted on today in the name of Jesus. God, we say by faith that it is so. Encourage their hearts on today, God. Let your word permeate their hearts, God, and enlighten them on today, oh God. Move by your spirit, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we count it done by faith that your word will come forth with clarity and understanding. Your word says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So God, we are praying right now, God, that you give us more wisdom and knowledge and understanding of your will and your way. Help us, God, to walk upright before you. Help us, God, to do the things that you've called us to do. Lord, we pray on today that you help us to just get back to basics. Strengthen us for this journey that is ahead of us, oh God. For we want to be pleasing in your sight. We want to be more like you. We want to be able to be a light to those who don't know the way. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and we count it done by faith. Amen and amen. Again, people of God, today we're getting back to basics. So first and foremost, we're going to talk about three basic things that we, as the people of God, need to have in order, in order to move forward in the kingdom of God. Yes, I realize that times change. Yes, I realize that people change and a lot of things about this world that we live in are quite different. But God has not changed and God has not changed his mind about 
these three things. We're going to talk again about three basic things. But first, I want to lay a basic foundation. And then we're going to go back to some basic instructions. And these were instructions that God gave to Moses. If you remember, God gave Moses some instructions for the Israelites in the Old Testament. Then we're going to come forward and we're going to talk about how all of these things have been summed up today and then exactly what these actions look like for this day and time. So therefore, we have no excuse. You know, a lot of times we tell people what to do, but we don't really give instructions or teach them how to do or how things are to be done. And with a lot of us, we simply avoid things that we don't know. I mean, it's just a fact. It's not right, but it is true. It's a fact. So, you know, what we want to do today is talk about how to get back to basics. Not just the fact that we need to get back there, but we're going to talk about how to get back to those basics. We want to keep it really simple on today. So let's begin. Starting again at Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, we're going to read verses one through nine, and then we're going to kind of reference verses 10 through 25 because it's a little bit lengthy. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just kind of skip through here and there, but I want to make sure that everyone gets an understanding. So in the event that I'm going a little bit fast, in the event that you, you know, want to go back and study on your own, please do go back and read Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter in its entirety. So beginning at the first verse. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess it so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So now, these were some basic instructions given to the people of God as they had come out of bondage, much like us. As we have come into Christianity, we were bound in the world, but now we're free. So now in our freedom, we still have to study up on the word of God. And for most of us, when we became Christians or got saved, as we like to use uh, the term, we started going to Bible study or we started going to Sunday school. You know, a lot of churches have new members classes. And some of us go way back to BTU. I know some of y'all don't know what that is, but that's Baptist Training Union uh, for those of us who became Christians back in the day. We went to Baptist Training Union also because we were going to understand some basics about Christianity and about what our responsibilities were. So nonetheless, we did get some basic instructions as a new Christian. Much like in the book of Deuteronomy, they seem to be simple and easy, but quite frankly, they're power packed. It's a whole lot of stuff in those few verses, those nine verses that I read that may not be as easy as they sound. And, and a lot of times, Let's just be honest. We have selective amnesia. And so did the Israelites. You know, we, we kind of forget some stuff, especially if it's not convenient for us at the moment. Or, you know, if you're not really studying and don't know or, you know, maybe you didn't get the opportunity to, to sit down in Sunday school or Bible study. You just became a Christian and you may not have gone back for the training that goes along with it. Well, these are basic instructions. 
Those were the basic instructions for the Israelites, according to the Old Testament. And so generally, I'm just going to just kind of go through them. You know, they they were to reverently fear the Lord. They were to keep his commandments. They were to love God with everything within them. They were to teach those same commandments to their children and talk about them, not just in your house, but when you go out, when you go to bed, when you get up, like everything that you talk about should be about uh, the commandments that were given. They were to keep a sign of the commandments on their hands and on their foreheads, right between their eyes. They were also to write the commandments on the doorpost of their houses and on their gates to their houses. So everywhere that they went, everything that they did should be about these laws, these rules, these commandments. You are to do all these things. And he still gave them, you know, some reasons. Now, he he didn't just stop at, you know, verse nine, but down through the scripture, down to the 25th verse, verses 10 through 25, you know, he did tell them there are some benefits now for, for doing these things. There's a whiff them because, you know, these days we like to know, well, what's in it for me? So, so there's a whiff them. Um, but they learn here that if they obey God, you'll prosper. And when the Lord blesses you, with the promise of the land that was promised to your forefathers, you're going to be blessed, blessed with, with, with a lot of things. You, you, you're going to have uh, great and splendid cities that you didn't even have to build. You're going to have houses full of stuff that you didn't have to fill up. You're going to have wells out there that you didn't even dig. You're going to have vineyards and olive trees that you didn't even have to plant. The Lord is just going to bless you with all this stuff and you'll be able to eat till you get full. You're going to be satisfied with all of these things that, the Lord is going to do for you as long as you keep all these laws and all these rules. So you got to be careful. You got to watch yourself because you cannot forget the Lord who brought you out of bondage. You need to make sure that, that you keep this, this fear for God, but I got some blessings for you because see, they were supposed to understand that God is a jealous God. You know, they were supposed to understand that they were supposed to be diligent about all of these commandments. They were supposed to understand that, you know, even when your kids ask you later on about these statutes that you, your testimonies should be about God who brought you out and who gave you these commandments. You're supposed to tell your children that we were slaves, but God brought us out. This is constantly supposed to be on your mind and on your heart and in your conversation again. That's what they were supposed to do. Those were the rules. And again, you get some benefits as long as you follow the rules. Now stay with me because I'm going somewhere. Because y'all know that's that's how we live in this day and time. But y'all know somebody was out there in that crowd saying, uh, uh, excuse me, brother preacher. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, we got to do all that. <laughs> you guys know how it is. People start hearing too many rules. And they kind of miss what the benefits are. They start hearing too many laws and too many things I've got to do to get to these blessings and to get to these benefits. And they start thinking, well, shoot, we had all these rules before now. We ain't kept them before now. <laughs> and we, we talked about these rules over in the fifth chapter of Deuteronomy 2. And guess what? Everybody didn't keep them. So moving forward in the New Testament, when Jesus came, our Messiah and our Savior, he was talked about in the Old Testament, prophesied that he would come. He summed up all of those rules and kept it very simple. And he summed up, he summed up all the Ten Commandments that Moses gave in two. So, you know, where, where Moses was going through all of these details and, you know, don't don't make any idols and don't take the name of the Lord in vain and make sure you observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your mother and your father in the Lord. Don't murder anybody. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. All of the commandments that he went through in Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. They were reiterated in the sixth chapter. And again, Jesus simplified them over in Mark, the 12th chapter. And I'll give you a second to get there again. That's Mark, the 12th chapter. So we know 
the people, the Israelites, broke the rules, much like we do. Thank God for grace. So here's an example of Jesus's interactions with the Sadducees. And here they were, you know, usually they would come up when he was somewhere teaching. And this is the case here again. He was asked all these crazy questions about the Sadducees, about paying taxes and about marriage in heaven. And so they were interested in how Jesus was answering all these other questions. So one of the men asked Jesus, well, which of these commandments is most important? Because, of course, you know, they knew the law. They knew all this Old Testament stuff that Moses taught. They were good at quoting what the law was, as we know. And they were good at pointing fingers at other people when they were not doing what they were supposed to do according to the law. Y'all don't know nobody like that, I'm sure. However, in Mark, the 12th chapter, looking at the 29th verse, Jesus began to let them know the most important one. Answer Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind, with all of your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment that's greater than these. You mean all those other rules are summed up in love? All that long list <laughs> is summed up in love. And these are just the basics. And that's what we're talking about today is getting back to basics. Want to get back to basics. Now, what does that mean when something is basic? Well, I'll give you a definition. The word basic as an adjective is forming an essential foundation or a starting point. It's the fundamentals. Some synonyms for the word basic is fundamental, essential, primary, principal, cardinal, elementary. You get it. In chemistry, the word basic is having the properties of a base or containing a base. As a noun, the essential facts or principles of a subject or a skill. The essential facts. So sometimes we say, you just give me the basics. Just, just. Make it simple for me. It's the fundamentals. It's our foundation. It's the preliminaries. It's about the groundwork. It is unfortunate, people of God, that with many of us, we've gotten so big and so smart and in, in, in some folks' terms, uppity. We've become so financially stable and God has blessed us so much We've been healed. We've been delivered. And like the young folks say, sometimes we've become brand new. And we've forgotten our basic foundation. Many of us have forgotten our essential or our primary responsibilities. We've forgotten some critical keys. For some of us, we've forgotten our focal points because we just get so busy with day-to-day -day activities, and we've gotten so busy, I guess, with life and the things that we just do day in, day out, that we've forgotten our basic foundation is love. But see, it's easy because if you love me, then you won't do those other things where Moses went through in Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter, and Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, all these instructions and all these rules and all these things that we're supposed to basically stamp on our foreheads and write everywhere. If you love me, you won't bear false witness against me. If you love me, you won't steal from me. If you love me, we won't commit adultery because you don't want to see me fall and I don't want to see you fall. If you love me, you won't be covetous or envious of what I have. And you're mad at me because I have something that you don't have. Or vice versa. If we love people of God, we won't kill each other. And many of us don't necessarily kill physically, but we can show tear somebody up in words. We can show tear somebody up emotionally. Some of us have so damaged other people with our words and our mouths talking down to people. 
some parents have talked so terribly to their children that the children begin to believe the ugly things that the parents have said. And a lot of times the parents did those things out of ignorance. But when we love, we won't kill each other, whether it's in word or in deed. If we love people of God, like the word says, then you can't spend your time talking bad about me because you're too busy praying for me. Even if you think you see something that's unaligned, pray for me. If I see something that I think is unaligned with you, my job is to pray for you. That's what love is. You know, we know a lot about love from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. We say that we love, but I don't really know that we really know what all that entails or, or what exactly that means. Because the Bible says that love is patient. See, if I love you, I'm not going to be impatient with you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor other people. It's not self-seeking. In other words, I can't be selfish if I really love you like I say I do. It's not easily angered. I'm not mad all the time, walking around, face all scrunched up, mad at the world. I'm not keeping a record of everything that you've done wrong. The Bible says that love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. I'm not running around trying to gossip. I'm not running around trying to be all up in your business and everybody else's business. But my job, as the scripture says, is to protect you. The Bible says love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Perseveres. The scripture says that love does not fail. Other things may fail. Other things may stop. Tongues may stop. Prophecies may cease. A whole lot of things may pass away. But the Bible says that love isn't going anywhere. Isn't that good news? If I just do the things I'm supposed to do. Now, scriptures lets us know, mind you, that I can have a whole lot of gifts and be talking a whole lot of noise. But if I don't have love, I ain't doing anything. Again, if I love you, that means I love you like the Bible says. Again, we've become kind of selfish in this day and time. It's become about us. What can you do for me? And it's unfortunate that, unfortunate that you know, even in the church, that we're broken and we're so disappointed because we saw somebody do something or heard somebody say something that's not according to scripture. It's a fact. But people make mistakes. But it's not for you to take the mistake that someone else made. And in your brokenness, you turn around and hurt somebody else because you're disappointed. You turn around and turn from the church or turn from God. And that's how it happens. We stop doing some basics for various reasons. But we've gotten away from the things that we know to do. Households have changed often because of sin in our lives. We've just gotten to the point where, you know, some of us just don't care. And, and once you step across that line and, and nothing happens at the moment, then for some of us, we just keep rolling right along with the sin. But that's not what God desires for us, people of God. We've got to get back to some basics. Households have changed. Motives have changed. Parents are no longer teaching their children about God. Instead, they're teaching them how to disobey the teacher. If your teacher says something to you, you tell them, I see it. It's also unfortunate that we even teach our children how to swindle the church. We've gotten so good at coming to the church and asking for the church to, to pay this bill and pay that bill. And, you know, our children even fall into it, too. Can you give me this? Can you do that for me? Grandmothers are not teaching the children about the word of God. 
grandmothers are not teaching the children and, and showing them, hey, you know, let's all go to church together. Let's have Bible study in the house. Let me say this. I watched my grandparents. I watched them read the Bible every single night. My grandfather would often say before he passed away that he read the Bible from the front to the back and then started again from the back to the front. <laughs> I understood the importance of reading and knowing the word of God for myself. And I watched them pray. I don't care what was going on, good, bad, or indifferent. I watched them pray. But I also watched them doing some basic things that we as Christians have gotten away from. I watched them giving food to people who were hungry. I watched them and I saw them provide shelter to people who had no place to go or may have been homeless or things were going on at their houses. I didn't understand it as a child, but I knew that these people were at our house because they had nowhere to go. I watched them give clothes and money to people who were needy. That's what grandparents back then were doing. The difference in grandmothers today versus those of yesterday is back then grandparents prayed and they taught you how to pray and they expected you to pray. It's unfortunate that these days we're trying to be the children's friend. So in a lot of homes, anything goes. In a lot of homes, there are no rules. And it's even more unfortunate that in the church, some have forgotten old-fashioned preaching and teaching. We've forgotten that it's important to ensure that people leave better than when they came in. Instead, we're so busy rhyming and entertaining people and standing on one leg. Now, I know sometimes we get caught up. I've gotten caught up. But we cannot let these people leave the church and go home with no basic fundamentals of Christian living. Pastors who may be listening today, ask yourself, how many of your members can explain salvation to a sinner? How many of your members can lead somebody to God? Ask yourself, how many of your members can get a prayer through? Or does everybody have to call you and come down to the altar? Is your altar full because nobody's praying at home? How many of your members even own a Bible? Or going back to the days of Sunday school, how many of your members know the books of the Bible? People of God, how many of us truly have a prayer life and have Bible study at home? See, we've gotten away from some basics. Do you realize that a lot of our children are wayward and disobedient because we haven't told them that there is a real live devil and he is out there to kill, steal, and to destroy them. No. Instead, we've told them that the teachers are the enemy and that they should watch their backs. And if somebody should hit them, they need to hit them back. They need to call you from their cell phones if the teacher asks them why they didn't turn in their homework rather than you telling little Johnny to do his homework when he got home. You were too busy. You weren't at home. Little Johnny's watching himself. So therefore, you helped him to make an excuse to the teacher. You sent a note saying, Lil Johnny's homework isn't done. When you know that homework is a part of the basic fundamentals of school. And it's the same way that we've gotten away from the basic fundamentals of the church. Men, your wife and kids need to see you as the head of your home. And you should be leading by example. Do they see you read your Bible? Do they hear you pray? Do they see the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit in your life? Our children need an example. You can't just expect them to do what the pastor does when they see him once a week. Or when they see her once a week. Our children need an example. You can't just tell them about love. Love is an action word. It's not just a noun. You have to apply some action. Is the fruit of the spirit manifested in your life? Do they see the kindness and the gentleness? Or do they just see you going off on the store clerk? 
Do they see that you're at peace and you have joy? And you really look like and act like how we define Christians. See, you can't just talk about it. But like the young folks say, you really got to be about it. So now today we're going to talk about these three basics, some staples, some fundamental things that are needed for the church in 2018 and beyond. Because, you know, we, we think that we're a new church, but these are basic things, people of God. And I want to encourage you on today. Be encouraged. You don't have to hold your head down. You don't have to be concerned about the things that we've missed. We've all fallen short. We've all missed a step or two. But again, thank God for grace. Thank God for an opportunity to say, Lord, forgive me. I do have some areas that I need you to fix in me because we can't do it by ourselves. But there are some basics that we must get back to. First and foremost, we've got to get back to true preaching and teaching of the word of God. That's number one, if you're taking notes. See, when I started preaching, I received a charge. I didn't just jump up back in 1995 and say, oh, I got this calling and I'm ready. There was a time to sit down and study and make sure that you understand what this calling is all about. And I appreciate my pastor. At that time, my pastor was Elder Larry Bowman in Loudoun, Oklahoma. And he gave a charge according to scripture, not according to how he felt, not according to what he thought of me or anyone else. But I'll never forget that charge again because it's scripture and it resonated in me. And it's a scripture that I still apply to this day. And it's from 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. So that I didn't just jump out there all willy nilly and talk about the things that I wanted to talk about. The charge that he gave was from 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and it's the charge that Paul gave to Timothy, who was a young preacher. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead? And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. It didn't say entertain anywhere in there, people. And the Bible says, with great patience and careful instruction. So that means that I have to have this word inside me for me to give it to somebody else. Because what does the third verse say? For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Everybody doesn't want to hear the gospel even today. Instead, they want to suit their own desires. And the scripture says, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Do y'all know we deal with that today? It's a lot of folks that's out there telling people what they want to hear. But they're not teaching sound doctrine. They're not correcting. They're not rebuking when folks get to acting up in the church. But the Bible lets us know that they'll turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, this is what you do when they don't want to hear it. You keep your head in all situations. You endure the hardship. You do the work of an evangelist. You keep going. You keep preaching and teaching this sound doctrine. You don't give up because they don't want to hear it. You make sure that you keep all the duties of your ministry because you're held accountable. See, it's not about telling the people what they want to hear, people of God. For you preachers who are listening today, you be encouraged and you keep preaching and teaching the word of God. You keep preaching and teaching sound doctrine. You keep giving correction when people are wrong. Don't just let them go to hell. 
Keep giving correction. You do what's right. You continue to preach under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Because these are the basics. Don't preach according to how you feel. Don't get frustrated and decide to tell everybody off. You make sure that it's always about Jesus. Preachers, we have got to get back to basics. It starts with you. It starts in the house of God. And then what else is there? Devotion. Number two. Devotion includes praise. Worship. Singing songs or hymns. It includes prayer. It includes reading scripture. That's what devotion is. It's not just what we do for the first five minutes of the service in the old school churches where we get up, read a scripture, say a prayer, sing a song. No, it's more than that. And it's not just what's done in the church, but the Bible says that praise is normal or calmly for the upright. Praise is what we're supposed to do. So see, you may see one sister who always shouts amen and, and always has her hand up and is waving her hand before the Lord. No, praise is for everybody because God has been good to all of us. And when you really get to know the Lord, you can praise him in advance before he even manifests whatever it is that you're asking him for, whatever you're believing him for. You can praise God in advance. You don't have to wait for the battle to be over, but you can go ahead and shout right now. Go ahead and give God glory just for who he is. We don't have to treat God like Santa Claus. And in worship, worship God. That's that personal time that you have with him. When you just think about his goodness, think about him as your healer. He healed you before he can do it again. Worship him, bow down, humble yourself. Yes, we come boldly before the throne of grace, but you have to be humble. It humbles you to think about who he is and the power of God. The same God who planted the sun and the moon, the same God who hung the stars, the same God who said, let there be light. And there was light. The same God who delivered you way back then. Yes, he is the same God who can deliver you now. And then sing songs, sing, sing hymns. This is a part of your praise and your worship. But you know, the thing I learned about the songs that we sing, as Christians, those same songs will encourage your heart. Many of us have a song that we can think of right now. One of my favorite songs is God is able to do just what he said he would do. Even when I don't feel like it and even when things may not be going my way at the moment. When I stop and think about the words of that song, God is able to do just what he said he will do. He's going to fulfill every promise in you. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's able. Another song that I love is the song that's played at the beginning of my show. It's founded on Romans 8 and 28. God is intentional. It's what the song is about. But what we have to know is based on Romans 8 and 28, all things are working together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. So see, the songs encourage us. The songs help us to keep going. Sometimes when you're in your office or at work, people might think that you're a little bit strange if you're praying out loud. Now you got to know how to handle yourself in all situations. But you can sit down at your desk and turn up your gospel music just a little bit. You got to be trying to run the folks out. But you can turn on some gospel music at your desk. Turn on your gospel music when you're driving in your car. And I guarantee you that a song will come on to encourage your heart. Many of us use songs as we're going before God in our worship. Because the songs help to remind you of who he is. It's just put to music. But the Bible says in the book of songs to praise him 
in everything. Praise him with the symbols. Praise him in dance. Praise him in song. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. This is a part of those basics. This is a part of our devotion. And then in scripture reading. Reading and knowing the word is a huge part of your devotion to God. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Why would you be ashamed? Don't let a situation occur and you can't think of a scripture to go along with what you're dealing with when you know that you need to pray the word. Well, guess what? A scripture won't come up if you haven't been reading. You can't remember one if you haven't been studying. So we need to read. We need to study. We need to have an understanding of the word of God. And I'm thankful to those of you who join the show on a regular basis. Because this is just basically Bible study. This is just basically sharing the word of God. Because that's where our encouragement comes from. That's where our hope comes from. Everything that we need is found in the word of God. But if we don't read it, if we don't open it up, if we don't hear the word of God, then you can't go back to it and reference it when you need it. Even Jesus, when Satan came to tempt him, after he had been out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan came and he was able to say, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I'm telling you that today, people of God, you can't just live on food. You can't just live on your cuteness. You can't just live on going to church on Sunday and that's the end all and be all. But you have to live, thrive and grow. On every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is where our hope comes from. And there's no way around it. Number three. For those who are taking notes, number three is outreach. Outreach includes evangelism, witnessing, and community transformation. It is a shame if your church is sitting in an area, be it a good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood, and the people of the neighborhood don't know that you're there. It is a shame. If people can pass by your church and don't know the pastor's name or the name of any member's because you haven't been witnessing or talking to the people in your community. It is a shame if people right there in your community, right next door to your beautiful church building, are in need. And you have an opportunity to be a blessing to them and you haven't done it. It's a shame if your next door neighbor isn't saved and you've never so much as said, how you doing? God bless you. Come on to church with me. We having friends and family day on Sunday. It's a shame. If the people on your job don't even know that you're a Christian, let alone see any examples of Christianity in your walk and your talk when you're at work, you haven't been witnessing. In the book of Matthew, the 25th chapter, it's a harsh word. But it's the truth. The Bible says in Matthew 25 and 40, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. 41 says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't even invite me in. I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. You didn't visit me. Verse 44 says, they answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Lord, when were you a stranger and you were needing clothes and were sick or in prison and we didn't do anything to help you. And he'll reply, according to verse 45, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, then you didn't do it for me. People of God, we do not want to hear that. 
We don't want to hear that. If we are not visiting those who are sick or in prison or helping those who are in need as the body of Christ, then we've missed some basics. We've missed the basic understanding of what love is. We've missed the basic understanding of being Christians, of what being a Christian or what being Christ-like is all about. We've missed it. But we have an opportunity to get it right. And it's true. Sometimes we just get away from some basic things, but we have to go back. The old folks say go back to the old landmark. We learned about these things and we know these things. But many of us have gotten away from it. And there are some of you who are listening right now saying, no, no, no. I I give. I do. I pray. I reach out. Then God bless you. Keep it up. Take some more folks with you. But we cannot get away from these basics. We don't want God to say, depart from me. No matter how well we know a subject. If we don't continue to practice or review what we've learned, then a lot of things we forget. A person may have acquired skills for spelling and math or computer skills, but if you haven't used them in a while, when you go back and you try to use them, you may discover that your skills are a little bit rusty. The same thing happens in spiritual matters. See, many Christians know about the things we're supposed to do. But we don't continually study on certain subjects and we don't always act on what we've learned and what we know to do. We're not proficient because we haven't practiced. Basically speaking, we haven't done our homework. We're not studying at home. For some of us, we only pray when we're at church. But in John 6 and 63, Jesus tells us that God's word is full of life. It's full of healing, health, and happiness. It's full of everything that we need at any given moment. God's word is your answer. But we have to know what the word of God says for us in order to appropriate that word in our lives. If we don't know it, we can't apply it. And it doesn't matter how much we know about God's words. We cannot forget the basics because there's a lot of folks that can quote it. that can tell you exactly what scripture says. Book, chapter, and verse. But we may not be applying it. See, no matter how much we grow spiritually, we can never outgrow the basics of the word of God. We have to continually review what we know even with something as simple as healing. Because we want those things to stay sharp in us. We want those things to remain relevant to us. We want to be able to successfully achieve our objective, which is for us to walk up right before God and be pleasing in his sight. We want to do what God has called us to do. There is power, health, and life in the word of God. And we have to make sure that we had God's, God's word in our heart. According to Psalm 119 and 11. So that when we are facing these tests and these trials and these situations. We can take the word of God. And walk on in victory. We are victorious in Jesus, but some of us don't know it because we have not been applying these scriptures. The word of God has come to heal us and to set us free. Psalm number 107 and 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. People of God, God sent his word to heal us on today. He sent his word to remind us on today to get back to basics. He sent his word on today to remind us that love is a basic thing. And when we love, we don't have any problem visiting those who are in prison. When we love, we don't have any problem 
praying for those who are sick and in need, and then helping them with some natural things that they need. Don't just see somebody homeless and hungry and go over and tell them, I can give you a word of prayer. No, they need a sandwich. Because with most of us, like me, I can't even concentrate if I'm hungry. So you could be talking all day long. And to me, you'll sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah-wah, wah-wah, wah-wah. For those of you who didn't watch Charlie Brown. People can't hear you when they're hungry. Don't just pray. Don't just quote scripture. But go out and help somebody today. Let's get back to the basics, people of God. Let's get back to the basics of love. The basics of Christianity. Remember, love never fails. And everything that you do for Christ will last. When your mind is on doing the right things, when you are focused on what God has called you to do, when you are focused on being that sister, brother, pastor, teacher, member that God has called you to be, then you'll remember those basic three things. Those basic three things that tell us preachers preach and teach the word of God. Nothing else. Don't get away from it. For some of you, it may not look the way that you want your ministry to look right now, but I want to encourage you the word of God will prevail. Stay with the charge. For those of you who may be waiting on the manifestation of some things that you've put before God, remember devotion is not just about asking God for things, but it's about your praise, your worship, your worship, singing songs and hymns to lift your spirit and encourage yourself. Pray, praying and talking to God, not just when you need something, but talking to God to commune with him because it's a part of your relationship with him. When you're in a relationship, you communicate. Read your Bible, study your Bible, understand your Bible, and then get out into outreach. Transform your community. Be a witness. Tell somebody about Jesus. It doesn't matter how much you know. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Remember that even on your job. We can't just walk around quoting the rules and talking to people about what they're not doing right and what they should be doing instead. But people have to know that you care. So again, remember, people don't care how much you know until they know that you care. They'll be looking right at you saying, ooh, those Christians, ooh, them church folks. Because we've not exactly been the examples that we were supposed to be. Encourage someone else according to the word of God. Not according to how you feel or what you think of them, but encourage someone else according to the word of God. Let's get back to the basics, people of God. Let's get back to the basics. If you've never left the basics, God bless you. May God keep you and strengthen you for this journey. If you haven't, don't feel condemned. Ask God for forgiveness and move forward. There's no time to play. Back to basics. This has been Eve's Corner. Eve's Corner is an integral part of Campbell Ministries. I thank you so much for joining me on today. If this show has been a blessing to you, then I'm asking that you sow a seed into this ministry. Simply go to my website, campbellministries.com. You can also go to campbellministries.org and then click on the donate button. I'd also like for you to pray about becoming a covenant partner. As you commit to a monthly donation in this ministry, I am also committed to praying for you and keeping you lifted up before the Lord. We're doing some great things in the community. Camel Ministries offers career readiness and career relevance trainings. We also offer business etiquette trainings, such as executive presence and effective communication seminars for churches and the community at large. We also have 
your big sister's closet, which provides prom dresses to young ladies who otherwise might not be able to attend their senior prom. And I know somebody's listening right now saying, Prophetess Campbell, prom is over, girl, it's June. Okay. But what you have to know is that for that ministry, we take donations all year long. So if you have a teenage daughter who may have just attended her prom, take the dress, send it to the cleaners, send it to us. If you don't have the money to send it to the cleaners, don't worry about it. Send it to me anyway. P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. Again, that's P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. And then I'll take the dress and clean it. And make sure that a young lady who is in need for the next prom or next year has a dress for her prom. You all don't know simple things like that can cause a young lady to miss her entire senior prom over a dress. So we want to be a blessing, not just for some for the things that people need, but also for something that we want. And we know that the prom is not a necessity. But for some some young people, they feel like they've missed out on life for not being able to attend their prom. So again, for that ministry, we do take dresses all year long. And lastly, Campbell Ministries is offering products. We have anointing oil. So for a donation of $12, you can obtain a one ounce bottle of oil that's been prayed for and blended according to scripture. The Bible gives specifications of what is to be included in anointing oil. For those that don't know that, you can look in the book of Exodus. In fact, some of you may know that anointing oil is kind of expensive. So this is a good rate. Again, you can get one one ounce bottle for $12. You can get two for 20 or three for $30. So yes, buying in bulk will save you some money. It also helps on the shipping and handling costs. But you know, the, the more you need, the more you can utilize, the more um, we can apply according to the word of God. So you can send that request to acampbell681 at ymail.com. Or again, you can go to my website, campbellministries.com and click on the donate button. Then you can just leave a note with your request for the oil and how much you need. You can also send your request by regular mail, or you can write us to let us know how the show has been a blessing to you. And that address again is P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. As you know, with all other spiritual tools, the real power comes from God. The power is not in the oil. But the oil is a symbol of your faith in God and God's ability to cleanse and make things holy. Without faith, anointing oil will not have a positive effect. You can use oil to help strengthen and demonstrate your faith, but you cannot use it to replace your faith. Know that there are many biblical uses for anointing oil. We use it for healing or while we're praying for healing, according to James 5 and 14. The Bible says that is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church to let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. It's mentioned again in Mark 6, chapter 13, verse, which says, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. It's used for consecration and dedication, for preparation in the case and object of a person who might be set apart from for God. Consecrated, for example, like the tabernacle in the Old Testament in Exodus 30 and 26, or the anointing of the priests and kings, Exodus 29 and 29, and in 1 Samuel 16 and 13. In Luke 7 and 38, there's a familiar story about a woman washing and anointing Jesus' feet. She stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with her hair and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Oil is used for preparation for battle. Maybe not natural battle, but some of you are in spiritual warfare right now. And according to Isaiah 21 and 5, the Bible says that they even anointed the shield because the oil is a part of preparation for battle. The oil is used for blessing, protection, and covering. In the 23rd Psalm, it speaks of our shepherd and how he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. There is practical application 
of anointing oil as a reminder of God's promise to bless us and protect us and to cover us. So I encourage you on today to get some oil to anoint your house, anoint yourself, anoint your children. Get some bottles for your office. Give one to your spouse. Keep one in your purse, whatever you need to do. And last but not least, if you are in the Jackson, Mississippi area, the Wordful Gospel Baptist Church is a mighty good place to serve. We are located at 3023 Percy V. Simpson Drive, and we just want to love on you and teach you about the Word of God in its fullness. Thank you so much for joining. Again, I am Prophetess Amina Campbell Jackson. Until next time, be blessed. Oh, oh, oh.